0: Revolution
1: is here we are lagos talks 91.3
0: let's
1: talk and yes the conversation is on and we welcome you to join us this is political artistry this evening at lagos talks 913 with me olua Kayade. i hope you're ready for this roller coaster ride we're having this evening our guest is seated uh the mics are on the lights are on let's get the show started Alright, so like I said, welcome to the show. My name is Ulua Kardi and this is Political Artistry. I have a wonderful guest in the studio with us this evening, getting the show started with us. You know how we do it. We talk about politics, we talk about life, we talk about experiences, we talk about everything, everything and anything that works in and around us. And uh, you can join us live on Instagram. We're on Instagram Live right now. Now uh, you see my beautiful guest as we talk in politics. It's an era where we want to, you know, um, uh, you know, just change the system, introduce some new faces, introduce dynamism, some youthful flair into it. Well, um, I'm saying youthful flair, but I don't know if my my guest will fall into that category of a youth. <laughs> <laughs> I think I do. Actually. You think you do? Yeah. All right. Well, my guest in the studio is an aspirant of the APC in Itse Ogun. It's Ogun what? Side. Okay. It's Ogun Water Side and yes. uh, Ijebu. Ijebu east and yabu uh, north Jibu. federal constituency yeah. and her name is damilola Otu Banjo. right that's correct great welcome to the studio damilola how thank are you, you doing today
0: very well thank you and how are you doing
1: i'm doing great and i'm excited you're here with us in the studio thank and i you uh, hope you're been. ready for the ride
0: i believe i can swing along
1: you can swing along well yeah. that's what our viewers on instagram and our listeners uh, on Lagos Talks want to hear this evening of course if you're watching uh, she is a politician and uh, she's uh aspiring, yeah that that, that tickled, tingled you right. <laughs> <laughs> well that tickled you a little, sorry. It tickled when I say a uh, politician you
0: politicians yeah. sort of have a reputation that mm. are struggling to
1: to adapt. To adapt to, oh, yes. I but I
0: guess it is what it is. If you're going to be in governance, you have to take the title politician. Yes, I'm a politician.
1: <laughs> okay, what, what's, that? what's that? When you hear politician or politics, what What comes to your mind?
0: Well, pretty much governance. Mm. I was in service and I understand the difference between civil servant and public servant is just the roles that it played. Okay. So it's pretty much service for me. It comes with a lot of other games and attachments, which is mm. really what is more popular for than the real assignment, but above and beyond that, politics to me is just governance.
1: Okay, so you were in civil service and uh, yes. uh, first of all, I mean you have uh, a first degree in physics with electronics from on banjo University in Nagowi in Nigeria, mm. and a second degree in renew- renewable energy uh, engineering from uh, Kingston University in London. And um, you joined the Lagos state government afterwards and uh, under the Ministry of Energy and Mineral Resources, driving novel power projects in the renewable energy space. You went ahead to uh, work on um, a creation of research and development units in the ministry. Before you came, there was no research and development units in the ministry. Is but that, that it? there was not. So why did you think at that point you needed one?
0: Well, because pretty much... Engineering sciences is pretty much about research and development. Mm. And I felt that gap was there, so I discussed it with the commissioner then, who was comfortable enough to let us try new something. I had to work with a team, identify fellow colleagues of my own grid level, Mm. and develop the framework for research and development. And it was pretty much on that that we activated
1: that. Yeah, and you also went ahead to uh, work with the Lagos. State Electricity Board before, uh, and uh, I mean, you joined it as the head of solar department.
0: I was in charge of the Lagos Solar Project in charge of maintenance of the systems.
1: Mm.
0: Prior to going to the board, I was in the Ministry of Energy and Mineral Resources under okay. the Department of Power. All right. Then when I got seconded to the agency, I was in charge of Lagos Solar, because primarily that is my own core area, that was mm. my own core profession, renewable energy. So, the GM at the time felt, Damlala you are the best person to handle this department. And she put me in charge of it. Even though, at the grid level, I wasn't qualified to head the
1: department. Yeah. Mm. So, you upset the system a bit?
0: Not much, but just try to make an impact. Mm. As much as I could. that.
1: Yeah. I, I see, I see. But one would wonder, why then did you leave the mm-hmm. service? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I believe by... I, I went into service deliberately. Mm. When we're younger and we set into university, we usually just get what is available. Okay. As we become older, we're more clear on our path and how we want to go in life. All right. So when I was done from uni and came back into the country, I okay. knew specifically that I wanted to work in the ministry and I wanted to be in the Department of Power because for me, it's about utilizing the skill I couldn't have gone to uni, acquire all the skill, go through all the rigor of study, and then come back and not apply that knowledge. Mm-hmm. And I felt that Nigeria was ripe enough for solar technology, as it were, and the wind technology, pretty much. So okay. I was looking forward to doing Anson project following what I did in university, mm-hmm. which was a theoretical knowledge. Now there's a chance for me to do the practical
1: aspect. So you use Lagosians as your guinea pig?
0: No, Lagos was already ripe for... Lagos was already ripe for for solar. They were doing it already. I wasn't the first person to initiate it. Okay. There was a lot of projects coming up and then I just fit into that existing wave. That mm. was pretty much all like
1: What you did. Okay. All right. So at, at what point did you... Re- okay. Before I even go into that, how old were you when you joined? Okay. Maybe I shouldn't just go and ask the unimaginable. Ladies don't like to tell their age. How old are you now?
0: I'm currently 38 years
1: old. Okay. All right. I don't
0: have any problem to
1: Don't have any... Okay. Yeah. That, that means you're ready for office yes i am <laughs> all right so i mean how old were you when you joined the ministry
0: i did i did civil service for five years and i joined in 2012 okay. i'm gonna to have to back it up back a bit it up again. so you were in your yeah. 30s there about yeah okay. i was in my late 20s late 20s, 20s. Yeah, i okay. think i was 27 28, 28
1: 27. Okay. okay now a lot of people look at civil service as a place a retirement home <laughs> how was <laughs> it how what was the experience there
0: i had a good time there was was Everything, they said civil service was and more. Mm. But one thing that scared me and what took me out of service very quickly was the fear of being redundant. There's a high chance, just like you talk about retirement, there's a high chance of you winding down and becoming rusty if you stay in it for too long. And like I said, I knew what I wanted to do. I had a plan to go into service and do five years. And that was what I did. Even before my set five-year plan, I knew that I needed to check out. But for me, the lessons, the skills, the experience was critical for my long-term journey. So I went into service because of my political ambition. I knew that at some time, I'll be running for office, and I know the skill and the experience, they would add value, significant value, Mm. to how I would fare in public service.
1: Public service, all right. So if nothing could have kept you in public service, is that what you're saying?
0: In civil service.
1: Uh, Sorry, in uh, civil service. Yes, I knew
0: I didn't want to be a permanent secretary. I knew right from the <laughs> beginning that I'm not going in for thirty five years in service. Mm. I knew it was about a short time for the long time. Okay. So I knew I'd set five years to do service and I did exactly five. I could I could have stopped a bit earlier actually. I was pretty frustrated. Mm. Not with anybody but because of the pace of civil service. Mm. There's a way the bureaucracy slows down the entire managery, and makes you not as effective as you should be following the different structure of Public ser- of oh, mm. civil service, service yeah. So that really frustrated me. If you're a young person who is very dynamic, who believes in result, and you're f- having to follow a particular set of rule, or you have to work with a particular director, who mm. you think he probably is obsolete and rusty, <laughs> and then you have to just queue in line, or there's a popular term that says... Wait for your turn, type uh-huh. of phrase. Okay. You just feel, what am I doing here? I thought I was coming to offer something. If it's not going to be appreciated, Different. I might as well just check out. Mm-hmm.
1: So, w- with the way our civil service is structured, do you think Nigeria can ever be great? Because when you're talking about energy, for example, uh, the future is renewable energy. We need to, you know, we need clean energy. And looking at the way our system is structured, in other times people are, well, I, like, I don't like to use that word, but I've used it already. In other times people are, you know, they're, 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 they're changing over to renewable energy. But for us, we're still making it look like it's uh, rocket science. Do you think our country can ever be great with the kind of civil service that we have?
0: Mm, it's a very tough one. And I, I believe there's need for change. Just like the slogan of APC, change. Mm. For anything, t- we cannot continue to do the same thing the same way and expect a different result. Okay. So that goes back to if we continue in the same vein, definitely we're going to continue to receive the same results we've received over the time. Mm. And if it is not satisfactory, it means we need to change our approach. Definitely. So I believe that the civil service needs a serious restructuring and reconditioning.
1: Reconditioning, and,
0: yes, of the mental space and of the system structure itself. If we're going to really achieve anything significant or worthwhile when it comes to development of the country, so our current level of thinking definitely cannot take us to the next level of manifestation. We need to change, we need to make adjustments if we're really going to experience significant change.
1: So, is can any public servant? Make Nigeria great, then. Because if you're saying we need a change in the civil service, how do we get there? And what can a public servant do? For example, a state governor, a member of a national assembly, a president, what can they do?
0: They can do a lot, but they can do much more by collaboration. There's something called government, private... Public private yeah. partnership. Mm-hmm. We need to leverage everybody's resource, everybody's network, everybody's expertise. Mm. The government cannot do everything in its own. The government is the government is not really structured to do business. It is structured to do governance and then it hands over the projects to the private sector to do business. So there is need for a proper integration of public-private partnership was to have a functioning system. So, yes, the president has his own role, the legislatures have their own role, the governors and every arms of the government have their responsibilities, mm-hmm. but it is not something that they can do entirely and exclusively alone. It still needs some form of private partnership.
1: All right, so how then do we get the civil service to function if looking at where we are right now, looking at how, should I say, obsolete our system is and how, um, you know, stagnated the, it, appear. the, it appears to be. Yeah.
0: Because I don't want us to be very course, definitive definitely. when we don't have facts. Mm-hmm. I believe currently with my experience in Lagos State government, there's a lot of partnership with government and private sector. The Lagos Solar, for example, was a project that was developed with private sector integration. Okay. We had to bring in DFID, an international company, to do that mm-hmm. work. So it shows that if we identify that we have weaknesses in some areas and we're willing to Augmented by partnership, definitely, yes. we would get better quality governance and improvement in the workforce.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, so let's go back to your childhood. You studied in uh, Olabisi banjo University mm-hmm. and went for from physics to um, renewable energy at uh, Kingston University in London. Tell us about your childhood, growing up, education. Where did you grow up?
0: I grew up here in Lagos, before I went to school in Open State. And I've been having a lot of back and forth with Lagos and Open Okay. But then I always felt that I needed a, an international exposure, which is what studying abroad would give you. And I would say it's one of the best education I've ever seen. Not in terms of the degree, but in terms of the exposure, the understanding, the rigor, and really going through a proper university. Because trust me, Nigerian universities do not give you that. Without trying shades on them, if you have the privilege of traveling or schooling abroad, mm. you would understand that there's a lot of joke in that system when it mm. comes to education system. The environment is not enabling. You find people with very sound mind who are not able to fully develop because they have limiting environment for study. And I was blessed enough to have a balance of both. So with the benefit of hindsight, if yeah. I ever get into governance, which is what I'm planning to do, I know areas that we can work on in terms of the educational system. Okay. Because trust me, there's a
1: huge problem. All right. So we'll, we'll get to that bit um, very soon. And uh, when you get to governance, but... Uh, you so you went before you went to university, you grew up in Lagos. Which area did you grow up? What did you do? I
0: grew up in as a kid. My life was rough and tough.
1: Oh, tell me, about I it. think it's it one of the show things on you.
0: I know we don't look like what we've, what been, we've through. been through. Right? <laughs> my life was tough and rough, trust me. It's one of the things that's made me who I am today. I've okay. not had a silver spoon in my mouth, I didn't grow up with a family together. My okay. parents, I mean, yeah. I grew up in a separated family, grew up with a grandma, grew up in my village, grew up in Lagos, went through rough, tough
1: life. Okay. And when to you say your village, where is that?
0: Ogun Waterside. Okay. I lived in my hometown for some years before I came back to join the primary school.
1: Yeah, in Lagos. So my
0: early years were pretty much in the village before my dad brought us back to Lagos to go to school. Hmm. So I was in Urbani I went to. Shepherd Primary School in urbani Okay. Then I had a secondary school in St. Saviour's Then went to Sue. trust me it was tough. Mm. <laughs> you know when you are just taking what's available, not really taking what you what wanted. You want. I wanted to go to Okay. You know, but then they gave me something in education and physics and I said no, I'm not going to be a teacher. <laughs> we always <have laughs> We always have the belief that if you go to a a teaching something teaching as a yes. course. You are going to be a teacher. I said no. I didn't want to be a teacher. So I opted to do a pre-degree science course in Oladipo University and then proceeded to do physics.
1: Physics. Okay. All right. So, um, so as a child, I mean, said you, you. So that means you were very hands-on. You're very quote-unquote rural. Did you do farming as a kid?
0: I did farming. In fact, I know how to make garri from start. Finish really, I'm telling you from Ah. the time we get the cassava to peeling it to grinding it to sieving it to frying it. Process and 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 you you know, the amazing thing about the process is that these were things that I experienced before the Mm. age of six, and it stayed with me
1: before the age of six,
0: yes, because I left my hometown to go and do primary school. Uh
1: You understand, so.
0: I went back to the school and mm. I learnt all of these Gary processes as a young... That's why I know that our best formative years are really between the ages of zero and six. That's the early years, yes. A lot of what I remember of how they make Gary, I experienced it between that year two and six. Six. Mm. And it stuck with me like there is no process... ABC. There is no process in Gari making that is new to me. Mm. When I went back, now that I go to do my hometown because of grassroots politics and yeah. everything, and I see the entire process, it brings back this no- nostalgic feeling. Like, you like, oh my you, god!
1: You, you feel I like connect <laughs> no, to the village. I want
0: to, I want to stay in the town and be able to go home and mm-hmm. still feel part of the people. Okay. Because when I see people, that's their pan. Mm. I am aware. You know, there is something you have to put on your side all the heat to protect protect your skin from getting... There's a particular wooden pan that I use for every of that process is ingrained into my subconscious mind. Mm. And I can reiterate it back to back. And it's amazing that... I got exposed to all of that, even before the age of six.
1: All right. So, so that. tell me now. Since you are talking Gary, which I love so much, <laughs> I hope yeah, Gary <laughs> <laughs> To <don't make> <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, so what, what's what's your favorite as, uh, side? Uh, what should I say? Or accompaniment with Gary? Is it groundnuts? Is it uh, agbon? Is it uh, beans? I Haven't is had it?
0: Gary in a while. Funny.
1: Why is that? You're because, missing out.
0: Because one day... There's new I,
1: technology in One Gary. day I
0: ate a bar okay. and I climbed the scale and I saw that I gained two kg.
1: <laughs> and then I ran.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Since then, I'm telling you, as much as I love Gary, and I know the best of Gary, because mm. I made Gary for
1: years. I see.
0: I know a good one that they are flavored with lime
1: mm-hmm. and the one
0: that they are allowed to... to uh, what's the word? To become...
1: Ferment, to to ferment okay. properly, yeah. you know, there's
0: a there's a period of fermentation. fermentation the yeah. quality of um, the cassava seed itself determines how well the gari would come out. Mm. So, sometimes because of the rush, they use lime to make it harder. Southeast,
1: okay. So,
0: I can even tell the difference. The difference, yes. Even the ones they mix with palm oil, I know mm. how they do it.
1: You just like you have wine tasters, you yes. have gari samplers, yes. As well. You can tell, <laughs> you know, and
0: the one from my hometown, Waterside, is one of the best, and part of my plan, really. Mm is to put Waterside Gari on the map. I see. To make it an export product.
1: Interesting. Because
0: trust me, we produce one of the finest and the best Gary on Waterside.
1: Mm, yes. Okay. Okay. You know, we, we can, we'll come back to talk <laughs> about that Gary beat and the Waterside <laughs> angle to it. But let's just take the show, bro. You, you, you like, you listen to a bit of New School and the like. So mm-hmm. we're looking at Bernard Boy right now. Okay. And Dangote, you know, since you need money for politics.
0: I do. So let, let, let's, let's <laughs> By crying
1: it. out to Dangote, we can raise some money. <laughs> let's and, hope we
0: shall
1: do that. I guess so. Yeah. So when we come back, we'll talk a bit about that. That's what we did yesterday and um, the uh, random act of kindness is in and uh, we'll talk a bit about that and uh, we'll continue with our conversation with Damnola Otubangio. Stay tuned. I think it's better we come back to the studio and have our guest uh, do a bit of this tune before we get along with the interview. So, I'm just going to raise the, the volume for you to sing along. All right. She's, um, she seems to be saving her voice for campaign, <laughs> but uh, I think we can deal with that for now. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, after, after childhood, growing up here and there and um, Lagos and Ogun State, uh, what are the fond memories you have? Mm, fun.
0: There's mm. a lot of fond memories I've had growing up, but a lot of tough ones.
1: too. Yeah. Okay, yeah. share, maybe share the tough ones. Let's see like, what you what you call tough. Maybe some would just say, Hey, little more, little more, little more. Ah, this one is mommy, tough. It's, yeah. not, uh,
0: it's not like that. It's dude. not like that. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> life was tough. <laughs> but I think it's what make us who we are. And I do not take... um, I do not want to trade my life with anyone else. I love my life. I love mm. what it's taught me. Okay. I love that. It's been a tough one, you know. Some of my friends call me the Iron Lady because of really how tough I can be. But I think that's what has made my my own story unique to myself, mm, mm. and I'm grateful for those moments. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you would really want this cup to pass over you, like most people. Mm. But understanding that this is it, and this is part of your journey. Yeah,
1: you I mean the way the way you're sounding, it feels like yeah, we know. Okay, saying you had a tough childhood, maybe there were days you went to bed hungry. But love people. Hunger is normal.
0: Hunger is normal. No <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sharing meal and eating what's available is normal. It's normal I ogged yeah? as a child, you okay. know. You or and I loved them. I loved those times, especially for my grandmother. I learned how to do raffia mats.
1: Okay. Because I would
0: follow out to uh, Badagri to go and buy our uh, uh, products. Okay. And I would keep an hide. And as a young girl, I was very very entrepreneurial. I would get some side money and start a small business. I was selling uh, a
1: <laughs> <laughs> sweet
0: potato with yeah. dry pepper. You were selling Those that were My business okay. on the side while I'm keeping an eye on my grandmother's wares. And all those times, I didn't think he was suffering. We didn't consider that as suffering mm. because when you're going through a difficult time and there was love in the house, it's natural. You don't know any better, anyways. That's like we are that age. Yes, you could see some other people having it better, but then you just say, "This is my life." Mm. And because when you are, let's say, not very—I don't want to use the word poor—when you're living in a very tough place, you find similar people like yourself. Yes. So mm. everybody is everybody. Unfortunately, there was the no internet thing.
1: to put pressure on you. You though. know, no
0: pressure. We go to government schools, and we all are similar. You mm. can tell that some people have better life, but you love your life. You can tell them getting in a car. You wonder, is but you will enjoy life when you walk you from the <laughs> from the school <laughs> to the house, and you mm. use your transport money to buy zobo on or the way, something. Or, you know. It was trip for us. It was a fun part of growing up. Mm. It is now that we parents are more comfortable, that we overprotect our children and we sometimes do not even have, allow them to have those character building experiences Experience, that is yeah. important for how we grew up mm. that because of love or because we don't want us to suffer sometimes we let we have to let our children really go through life. True. But then I later repented from trying to make my children jump on a pep and go on <laughs> tough <laughs> life because I felt their life is different. Mm. Them, I understand that that was your life you don't need to project your suffering and your struggle on your children mm-hmm. they have a different time they have a different experience so the thinking that they have now would drive the life that they would
1: have. have don't try
0: to force your own thinking on them because you mm. think it made you better no it made you you their own current level they of thinking need to be, will make them them
1: all right. so that means at the point we were trying to make them there experience. were times when
0: I wanted my kids to experience a bit of toughness because mm. I felt that shielding and overproviding for kids is bad but when I came to an understanding that, no, children that are grown up in well-to-do family, they're not necessarily, but a bad child is a bad child, they respect the way they grow up. Mm. That's how you have children going through tough environment become togs, mm-hmm. And some will become doctors. So it's not about the environment really, it's about the child and what is innate in it. And the
1: love the child gets from home. What
0: is in them, mm. their, own, their own destiny, their own path in life
1: okay. that really
0: manifests so when I see people who had a very good life and they're still good people, then you don't need to force your children to have a bad life just because you think you want to teach them something. <laughs> they really, there's something messed up
1: with that. All, right. All right. So growing up, were you a um, a grandma's girl? Were you a tomboy? Did you do everything grandma said you should do? Did it's, you go off at some point?
0: Ah, I remember how my grandma used to wake me up at night to cane me for bad behavior.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> you see, I was a good young woman, but I was highly... Opinionated, yes I always felt that I always questioned things I always felt that oh, grandma, Because I grew up my grandmother mm. Because my parents were separated yeah. So sometimes I would be disobedient I was a tomboy Because I didn't grow the female parts Very quickly On As okay. a young girl I had delayed delay with puberty so I was just like a guy with my friends and I was just really more with the guys than with the ladies. Because <laughs> to me, the ladies were just too sissy and too mm. self and I didn't have to bother with all of that. So I was a bit of a tomboy and I was a bit of a rebellious child. Uh. You know, so I would disobey sometimes, I would be naughty sometimes and my grandma would keep me quiet. And when I sleep, you wake me up and remind me and flog me. When she did it to me twice, you know what I did to stop her from doing it? No. This? I refused to sleep in the house. <laughs> when it's time to go to bed, I say me walewasu, mama. When it was me walewasu, <laughs> because she's a jebu. Because that is where <laughs> man me. Ocha, I promise be Jimmy no more. Teva a quite when I did it to her, she was terrified. She stopped beating me at I night see. again. Yes.
1: But what's with beating kids <laughs> at night? I don't know. I know so many Those parents will... back then, they, <laughs> they will wake you, you up day. at night
0: and flog <laughs> you for something you had forgot. And sometimes, it's even with a
1: whoop, they wake you out of yeah. sleep. I'm
0: like, that's so terrifying. And that's child abuse. I mean, come on. kill me when I do the nonsense. You not know, after. not at
1: night when my <laughs> brain is even settled. So and I not... will
0: rebel, I will reject food, and I will refuse to go into the house to sleep. And she doesn't like her food going to waste. Ah. So she will beg me. And one thing I didn't like as a child was head of fish. Me from Me, can it me? Just the middle is fine. <laughs> there are well,
1: so many conditions to hosting you right now.
0: But pretty, I think I will, I'm just very self aware.
1: Hmm. So
0: there's some things that I would like. But there are
1: some things that I will not. Do. You will not
0: touch. Right.
1: Who's doing? what mm-hmm. Okay, so let let us let's, let's come back to now and uh, you. So you left civil service mm-hmm. and uh, went into your line of, My business. Fashion of business. Yes, yeah. and and that is where that's what got me a bit unsettled because right. if you're leaving uh, energy to fashion, it's it's
0: almost two, two opposite worlds.
1: Apart, worlds. So. Yeah. So why
0: can you leave this place and be here?
1: Did you hear that? Okay, oh, wash your, wash
0: And the thing about life is, we're many things in one life.
1: Definitely.
0: And we need to learn to embrace every aspect of our life. So as that much as we can. S- nothing is stopping you. That's one thing I discovered about life. Mm. Nothing can stop you but your mental thinking and programming. I realized that there were times when I would say that, and I think I want to have a particular experience. Mm -hmm. Many of us are just more afraid to leave. We're more afraid of the fear of failure than the possibility of success. If we can take a chance on life and swim out and fail if I fail or succeed if I succeed, Mm. I'm big on self development. I think that's one of the things that's helped me a lot. Okay. So I realized that what's the worst that can happen, Milola? You would funk at it, but you will learn. would never be the other guy who never tried Mm. so with that mindset i know that and because i believe in reincarnation there's every there's a lot of being that is seeking expression okay that's why i can function as an as an engineer and when i go into that field i'm very good at what i do i know my work and i know it like the back of my palm when i throw myself into engineering or designing a system i cross all my t's and i dot all my i's. the same with fashion Hmm. my tailors have a hell time working with me because I'm a perfectionist and I believe that I have multiple competencies I can wake up tomorrow and say you know what I was time I was going to start a bakery and do bread there's so many things I want to do in this lifetime and I'm, I'm constantly checking time no, I'm not, no, time, no time do it <laughs> now do it now and that's why I could leave engineering and go into fashion and I can leave fashion I have an NGO and do charity work and I'll find complete fulfillment At that time So it's about understanding the multiple competencies That we have as human beings And allowing ourselves to actually experience Those impulses and urge Mm. And realising that it doesn't make us Less of any, rather it makes us Have a fuller experience and a richer Experience
1: Mm. in life That's true, that's true, and on that let me say listeners this is uh, Lagos Talks 913, as you already know, and the program is Political Artistry. Our guest is Damlola Otubanjo, and I hope I'm pronouncing the name right Damlola now. Damlola Otubanjo. Yeah, that, that's it. Damlola Otubanjo, an aspiring uh, member of the National Assembly, Federal Constituency. Federal House of Assembly. Ogun, yeah, Federal House of Assembly. Um, Ogun, Waterside. Ogun Waterside. Ijebu East, East and Ijebu North. North yes. Yeah, Federal Constituency, of course, in Ogun State. And uh, so if you're listening, remember I told you about the random act of kindness which we we did yesterday on the program and we we're saying we we're giving out some goodie bags. Some have sent in the WhatsApp messages, some have sent in their to or, tweeted at us at Lagos Talks913. And all you have to do is this random act of act of kindness is simply telling you that there are things that you can do. Uh just be kind to somebody for no reason. Like the representative of Sarah Foundation said yesterday. So what it means is that we just want you to go on our Twitter page, send us uh tweet at us. Tell us in your view what it means, what uh, random act of kindness really means. And with that, uh, tweet at us, hashtag uh, I am Sahara FDN hashtag LagosTalks913 and uh, at I am I-P-O-S-U. And of course we choose randomly five people that will be giving some goodybacks to. And of course you can also send us a WhatsApp message with this uh, in mind on 08092345913. We'll pick some more winners today and we'll wrap up the Random Acts of Kindness Curtsy Sahara Foundation. So, let's get back to the studio. Okay. Now, with you, I'm just wondering, seeing what you did with energy in Lagos State, your house, I'm sure you don't pay electricity bills right now.
0: I do. <laughs> well,
1: I mean, it should be fully on solar. solar.
0: I use solar. I've been on solar for six years and my light has never gone out. But I use the Kedja um, electric power as But mm. I don't use generator power
1: do generate generator at all wow so you don't care whether there's scarcity or not
0: no i don't care it doesn't affect me in general but it affects my car <laughs> <laughs> I have to send my driver to go get fuel in the two cars today yeah. so you know yeah all
1: right glad glad you could get some because some yeah, people are still looking get, for fuel right now fuel. all right so okay so now how's the fashion been like what do you do in your fashion are you a a boutique owner are you a designer what kind of fashion are you into accessories are you into the actual garments what is it that you do
0: okay now milola is the brand name okay and milola is a group of companies i mm. have fashion which is clothing line for women okay and we produce them here we don't import garment like the boutique companies mm. i create the designs we produce them ready to wear pretty much that's the part it's not the okay. tier one we do outfits on the Milola Signature. We do outfit for women that want to be classy and comfortable. Then we have the luxury line where we do outfits for events and occasions. Then just recently, I'm starting the Milola Men, which is a clothing line for men. Mm. But they're all produced locally here.
1: And I, and I like the way you're advertising your brands. I'll just send you the invoice after the program. So, <laughs> so <laughs> then you can I have bring the, us some money let from me, that. Let me
0: talk about the lists <laughs> very quickly. I have the Milola skincare as well. I do skincare products. Mm. I have hair care products. And I have scents. I see. So for me, it's to make every woman in, a Milola woman. So let, my, me let me
1: ask you a question now. Um, why then do you want to leave all this and go into politics?
0: Thank you. That's a very beautiful question. There were times when I struggled with the same thing. I said to myself, well, your business is about a scale. If there's anything you should put your energy on now, it's scaling and getting bigger. Doing politics would distract you massively, and I understand that. But then, like I said, the current level of thinking we have cannot produce the next life if we do not change this current level of thinking. I realized that I can only do this so much by myself. I'm the brand owner, I'm the model, I'm the one who drives the entire process. If you continue at this level, you would not be able to scale. What then do you do? You expand your reach. The more value you bring to the marketplace, determine the resource you take out of the marketplace. Mm. That is what drives why I have multiple businesses. I want to be able to sell skincare products sometimes, sell clothing sometimes, sell for children even later. And I realize if I do not expand my network, I do not have more access to customers. Mm. So for me, it's about a blend between driving business and still being able to serve. The call to serve as a public servant is very, very strong. Okay. I started fashion out of passion. But the call to service is something that has still with me for many years. Even though you appeared like I'm just jumping into politics. No, I'm not jumping into politics. Those that know me know that I've been chewing this. I remember there was a man that I was involved with when we we're in uni. And okay. I said, I want to be a president. Are you happy to be my first man? You know, it's because I know that I would definitely drive politics someday I look forward to being part of the change that this country deserves to have. Mm. And I know we will never get ahead by all of us complaining on social media and judging the current government. We have to be part of the change that we want to see. Mm. So for me, fashion is a business. It's a passion. But then there is a deeper calling to serve which will give me a different kind of fulfillment that business definitely will not
1: give you. Not give you. All right. So, um, good you talked about this uh, current government abusing. Are you satisfied with the trend of things right now, with the state of affairs in Nigeria?
0: No, I'm not. Mm. I'm not. And except we want to just be giving political responses, this country is undergoing a significant struggle. Mm. Just like every part of the world, very much. But Nigeria is very peculiar. And one of the reasons why I think is, not a, is, is as bad as it is is because Nigerians have an attitude for adapting and and adjusting mm. as against getting up and working out a change okay. if we continue about a, go- a bad government and we do nothing beyond just complaining when there's a change in price, all oh, we do, we buy we don't protest the last one we had, we all saw how it went and it was a successful one, even though people think it was not a successful one mm. it was just our expectation of the outcome was too much compared to the initial level. We're just having a forced revolution, a forced protest in this country. And what happened is natural. What we need to do is to back up, plan and strategize. We need to have more situations where people complain about bad governance rather than just talk about it on social media, but take active role and responsibility in governance and not just as voters, but also come out to, to to run for office, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm. Now, what this does to me is I put myself amongst the rest of the people I was complaining about. <laughs> if I change side, I move from being a citizen to being a politician. I know that everything I complain about while I was a citizen, they'll complain about me now that I'm a politician. So I've been able to see where, what then can I do differently by changing role and changing responsibility. Mm. Is because sometimes people don't want to be part of the solution. So they stay on the side of the attackers and the and the judges rather than get in the game. They don't want to get their name soiled, they don't want yeah. to get themselves caught up in the frenzy. So they would rather be complaining as again taking active Action. steps to ensure that there's change okay. in this
1: country. All right, since so you're talking about taking active steps and since we all know what we see about politicians so let me ask you this very brazen question, and uh, I hope you give me a very straightforward answer. Okay, let's Looking at it. the way politics is, yeah. are you ready to bribe to, to win an uh, election? <laughs> <laughs>
0: now, let me tell you something about hmm. this thing. Okay. There were times when I had to question some of my moves and say, Adam Lola, you have to have your own core values, which I have. But there's a part that was, I was talking with a, a woman who is a pastor who is also running for okay. And she said something like, we will bribe if we have to bribe. And when we get there, we we'll change the narrative. Hmm. That's not what I said I'm going for. Okay. But I'm so you're quoting somebody? Yes, I'm quoting someone. Okay. But I'm saying that to say that you need to understand the rule of a game. And sometimes you have to play by the rule of the game hmm. so that you can be part of the players and then you can change the rule of engagement. But if you stay on this side and say, I will never, I will never, I would never, I would never so many things, you will never get a chance to really do what you think you can do.
1: Mm. There's
0: a lot of wisdom that needs to be applied. There's a lot of way to go about maneuvering things. I've had things being put to me that makes people run away from politics and I've had a way of handling them in a way that I can still scale that huddle without getting too ingrained in that practice. In that practice yeah. yeah. So you have to understand that. Giving money to locals, you would give money to locals. They will not sing your praises if you don't do it. It doesn't matter how much of fine English you speak. It doesn't matter how much of novel ideas you have. If you do not play politics the way politics is played, you can never have a chance to sit at the table. Mm. So it's about that. And when we say give money, is it about making sure you give money to people, to leaders? You consider it, just give it a different name. Say they are honorariums so that you can swallow it easy. Because it is what it is. You have to understand the rule of the game and play that role to be able to achieve what you want to achieve. There's mm. just that there are levels of things that you should not make compromise on no matter what. what? All right.
1: yeah. And so uh, what you're saying, before I ask you what level it is you're talking about, what you're saying, if I get it, is that it's good to be bad for a good reason.
0: Well, good and bad is relative. No, nothing is either good or bad. It's thinking that makes it so. There's a way you can think about something and it will change completely the meaning
1: All right. someone else
0: gives to it mm. so if you look at that in that context then it's a function of who's the thinking or who's the thinker yeah. of that event so mm. if i have to give money to some people to for example secure their votes it's like uh, enticing them isn't it right that's what you consider it mm. you will look at if you don't do it someone else is going to do it and they're going to beat you at your, this game so you never have a chance to even show your best of 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 effort or your Mm. best of intentions, So, very much that.
1: Alright, so it's all about getting there and being able to influence. Alright, so, we're we're in in politics. What is that thing that you can say, I would never do, no matter what?
0: Mm. I would never do. Mm. I would never kill for political office. I would never, ever shed blood. I would never do anything that I know is against the universal law. What guides my life pretty much is laws of life. You break this edge, a serpent must bite. There are universal laws that is not a respect of creed, culture, or race. Once you violate it, there are consequences for it. I know those things and I will never do some things that will break those codes for me. So you will never be able to put it in clear terms. But I know that when I get to that space and something is touching on those things, I'm never going to do it. For me, it's not a do-or-die affair. It's not. I'm not desperate for office. I believe it's a calling, and if I've been called to serve, the provision, the the access to help must be made available. If God does not do it, then God is not here. That's mm. what drives my slogan. Nobody.
1: Iran I see. Okay. So so what you're saying is that if you do not get it this time around, are you backing out to say God is not in it? Or no. you try it again no, and again? No,
0: no, no, it'll be very foolish, just like I said. We tried protest one time, if it looked like it didn't work and we all throw our hands in there. Mm-hmm. No. It's an investment into my political journey. Nobody owe you anything. You're going to have to fight to get what you want out of life. You do not expect that because you have a pretty face or you can speak big English, then your door will just be opening like that. No, it does not work like that. <laughs> there are people that do not even want light because mm. it makes darkness more uncomfortable for them. People thrive in darkness. So even if you seem to be bringing a better agenda, there's some people that don't want it. Okay. And I've seen that going into the rural communities. So you cannot expect that everything will fall on your laps on the first try. No. If I do not get my coveted seat at this first trial, I'll keep on trying, I'll mm. keep on trying. And I may I may get a different thing, I may get a different platform. The idea is to serve. All right. Pretty much. And I know that government is what drives this country largely. That's why I'm getting into government. If I can do business and have so much money and do charity and still be able to serve, I would pursue that option as well. Okay. So for me, it's not a do or that affair, but it doesn't mean that if I do not get my coveted seat one time, I'm going to give up out? and then pull up. No.
1: All right. Well, what's what's your thought on youth participation in Nigerian politics?
0: It's inadequate. It's very low. And uh, we're very entitled people. We keep mm. placing demand on government without understanding governance. A lot of people do not even understand the constituency, including myself. We do not even know that as a House of Rep m- member, you cannot vote for me. Do you understand? Mm. People do not understand the different break down the differences between the executive harms the legislative harm the judiciary harm their own role as citizens people do not know young people get caught up with social media a whole lot and i think we need to wake up from that slumber we're too distracted Mm. and that's one of the things that quote and unquote they take and use against us because they can see we're slumbering you know, only in October, mm. you know who is someone mm. that is daydreaming? Mm, okay. so we're daydreamers. Young people, Nigerian youth are daydreamers. Yeah. We just sit over and wait for things to happen and just think that because we make an online protest or something goes viral, that's going to it change. It's not going to change anything. It takes a lot of grit. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of effort to make changes happen in this country. Mm. And it's high time we roll up our sleeves and get into the murky water politics. If we're going to see any significant change in this How country. How do you see
1: 2023?
0: It's going to be an interesting one. <laughs> <laughs> I look it because you're participating? Or? No, because it's going to define the next few years of this country. There's going to be a lot of power tussle, a lot of change. People are going to be shocked. Mm. You know, there's a shift going on in the spiritual realm. That is manifesting in the physical space
1: hallelujah
0: yeah so so talking spirituality
1: <laughs> how spiritual are you i'm
0: very spiritual mm. i'm very i'm not religious okay but do you have a religion a, yeah i'm a christian okay but i embrace buddhism i embrace islam i embrace every religion of truth as long as we all tend towards the light one the more we continue to bring separation the more we we'll continue to suffer the moment we come to the reali- the realization that we are all one, connected. We are all God having human experience in different form and embrace other people and allow them be and not think that we're superior or we're better, the more we're gonna suffer in this country. As an as a race, in fact, not even Nigerian. We see the Chinese people show differentiation from the Euro, mm. from you know, you see Brexit eggs happen. You wonder what are you going on about, that's where they are punishing themselves. Mm. Can we not just unite as one, one. front? Okay. And understand that people are different and allow them to be different and accept the uniqueness and the difference that we all as individuals. Okay. We're not all supposed to be the same
1: People. People, yeah, yeah, that's it. alright listeners uh, this is a political artistry my guest is Damnola Otubanjo and uh, we're also live on Instagram at Lagos Talks 913 so because I'm sure you're hearing the voice you're hearing the kind of English she's speaking the tenacity uh, focus all in the voice and you might want to know who she is join us on Instagram live at uh, Lagos Talks 913 now those that are joining would not forgive me if I don't ask you're married yes I am okay all right, to Mr. Otubanjo? No, no. Okay.
0: My Otubanjo is my father's name, actually. Ah, okay. I married a Indikwe.
1: A Indikwe. Yes. Ah, I And I have two daughters. Okay, okay, great, great, great. <laughs> so that means politics is going to prevent you from having more kids?
0: No, I choose not to.
1: Ah, okay, so, oh, okay, I thought you took a break and you were going to continue. No,
0: I choose not to. Not that I will never... I just, for now, I'm fine.
1: You might have a retirement baby sometime. Maybe
0: later, if I feel like it, I can think. You know, I'm always trying different things in my life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can just live
0: with and say, you know what, damn Lola? I think another baby would not be a bad mm. idea. But for now, I think I'm fine. I fine, feel fulfilled yeah. as a mother. I've experienced that part of my life, mm. being a mother. Okay. And I'm raising two amazing girls who... They need me to be all that I can be so that they can be all that they
1: can be. Mm. How did your husband feel when you told him you were going into politics? He
0: knew from the get-go that I'm going to run for office. So he probably thought I was joking and probably would not follow through with those desires. But he understands that it is what it is.
1: Mm. How close are you with the grassroots?
0: I go home every now and again.
1: Mm. Even before now or...
0: More now, before okay. now, I used to make trees once in a while, but if you really don't have anything there, you know, you really don't have anything there, mm. let's not pretend like you have to be nicer. Yeah. Something takes you home, and the more it becomes necessary, the more you have to be home. So oh, yeah. every now and again now, I go home, I frequent my hometown, I have meetings with my people, mm. try and look around and connect with the struggles and see where we can make a change. Mm. Because trust me, the grassroots is highly, highly neglected. We in Lagos were coasting, the people on that end of town, they've not had light in one year. One day. Not a day power, a power has been available in my community.
1: In, uh, in Waterside. O- 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 Waterside. Yes. Okay.
0: In my own local governments. Even in the in Jebu East, the power is so epileptic. They hardly have power twice in a month. In, in, in six months. It's mm. horrible. It's horrible. So At this family. time and age, with all the advent of social media, mm-hmm. you'll be shocked to see that some people never had light, not one day. And here in Lagos, we're complaining. Oh, we get twelve hours; it's not enough. We really need to be able to sometimes just be in other people's shoes, Then mm. we'll just take it chill pill.
1: I see. All right, it's been wonderful having you here. Uh, we you. wish you the best in your uh, your endeavor to Thank you. in politics. Your I mean, your you getting into politics really, and uh, let let we pray it goes out according to you what you amen alright so amen. that's all I can see on behalf of myself and the listeners and uh, thank you for passing through the studio thank, today. You. thank you it's been having fun me. having it's you it's been here.
0: an amazing chat with you
1: great 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 and uh, probably when you come on other programs we we'll would not be this chatty we'll be drilling you to find out what you have to offer no
0: problem but I'm happy to, to come chat. again alright yeah.
1: alright so listeners this has been Political Artistry this evening with Damlola Utubanjo and uh, a, an aspiring uh,
0: was also, it
1: representative. Called, also representative uh, of the Ogun Side Ijebu East, East and North, North yes in Ogun State and uh, want to get to the National Assembly there Federal Constituency and uh, well it's been fun it's been musical and it's been political art history on Lagos Talks 913 <laughs>